Welcome to a bonus episode of La Ventanita. I'm Carlos Frias, the Miami Herald food editor. Ventanitas are the walk-up windows where Miami meets to drink Cuban coffee and swap stories. And at La Ventanita, we'll talk with some of the world's best chefs to get a window into their lives, while sharing strong Cuban coffee and traditional Cuban snacks. We caught up with six of the country's biggest names and up-and-comers in the food world as they came into town for the 2019 South Beach Food and Wine Festival, the largest annual food festival in the world. We spoke to Chopped host Ted Allen, recent James Beard Award winner Nina Compton, the host of Dinner Impossible, Robert Irvine, food TV judge and chef Scott Conant, and Miami's first Top Chef winner, Jeremy Ford, as well as one of Miami's hottest young chefs, Michael Beltran. So grab some strong Cuban coffee and settle in for this live version of La Ventanita. So on this live version of La Ventanita, we have Ted Allen. Hi, how y'all doing? For those of you who are old school like I am, you know him as Ted from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. We were just talking about that a second yeah, ago. The, the, the original gangster. The original, yeah, he's the OG food guy. Miami culture, you can basically fit on this table. And at every Ventanita, you're gonna have three things. You're gonna have Croquetas, croquetas, right? Which are created and mastered in Spain, but uh, brought to the party in Miami. Mm -hmm. Pastelitos, uh, which are uh, basically little puff pastries with guava, and tada! The Cuban coffee brought in by the most able Amy Reyes of Miami.com. Thank you, Amy. Tada! Excellent. So I did not know about these little windows. You didn't know about the no, windows. Okay. I did not. Well, if we drive around Miami, you're gonna see them, and it's just folks are stop in. You grab a croqueta, you take a shot of coffee, and it kind of keeps you going, kind of between lunch and dinner. It's your liner. I mean, there, there are so many things about Miami that make it an absolutely unique city in America. There's no other city like it. And one of the things I really appreciate about it is that it's 24-7. Right. And I, didn't, I just didn't know that this is what was fueling that. Right. Well, that's, I mean, how do you think people stay up that long? Yeah, that makes sense. So before the day is over, I'm going to ask you to play Kiss, Mary Kill. One that you lust for, one that you marry, and one that you kill, one that you can live without. Okay. So we're gonna go through, taste different things, and you tell me who, you're, who we're gonna kiss, marry, kill. Kiss, marry, kill with Ted Allen. Okay. All right, so first of all, it's espresso, but whipped together with plenty of sugar. Thank you very much. Smells great. Ooh, it's very, very sweet. Mm. Talk to me a little bit about coffee. Are you a coffee guy in general? Huge. Like, what's, how does that play in? Do you make your own? Do you, is there a spot that you go to? I make my own, um, and it has to be French roasts. I really like a dark roast, um, okay. and I don't, I can't remember, the. La I mean, the last time I started a day without coffee, I was probably seven. Dude, you're an honorary Cuban, because okay, every, every Cuban that. kid gets, gets about this much coffee, maybe a little watered down, like, a, like an espresso, a little bit watered down with like Cuban crackers. And dipping? I don't. What are Cuban crackers? Oh man, Ted, we got so much work to I got, do. I got to do some version traveling two. around town. Yeah, version two. We'll give you the. We'll be your Uber. I, but I mean, it seems like most cultures have some kind of special relationship with coffee, and everybody has their own way of doing it. A lot of cultures. I'm now realizing that Cuba is one of those cultures where they like it really sweet. Right. Also true in Egypt and several other places I've been. Um, I like it with sugar, a little bit less than that at home, right. and I don't want any dairy anywhere near it. Do you want to try something else on this plate? Yeah, I think I'll go for a croqueta. A croqueta, all right, I'll, I'll join you. These are ham. Mm. Jesus, I hope you eat ham. I love ham. <laughs> all right. We should have asked that next time. Really good. Like, oh my God, I'm kosher. Oh, I've ruined it all. <laughs> it's so fluffy. I can see this with a little spice in it, too. Mm. Does it remind you of anything you grew up eating? Well, I, I've always eaten tons of ham. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is there cheese in here, too? Mm. It's a bechamel. Oh. So it's, uh, it's like a ham with a bechamel, uh, and then it's toasted in kind of like breadcrumb. That explains the creaminess. Yeah. What was your growing up like? Well, my mom is a great cook and encouraged my sister and I both to cook when we were growing up. Okay. A lot, no, nothing too terribly elaborate. I mean, the, the cakes were made from a box, but things like pizzas, um, and I remember at the time, this is before everybody finally figured out that a stone is the thing you need to cook pizza properly. Right. So we had pans with holes drilled in them, and we had, <laughs> you know, always wondering why this thing wasn't working right. Um, but uh, yeah, I credit her with getting me started cooking. But of course, the way to go now is to get a stone and heat the oven as hot as you can possibly get it, yep. and, um, and then you actually might get a crispy crust. Right. I was, I spent years trying and failing. Right, but eventually succeeding. Yep, I, I've got it down now. Right. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, 40 years later. Right. Tell me about how you got into the whole, the cooking competition and running cooking competitions. 
It was really fortuitous that when I was, when Queer Eye was at its, its peak of popularity, Bruce Seidel asked me to guest judge on, in the very first season of Iron Chef America, which at the time was shooting in Los Angeles. It later moved to New York. Um, at the same time, um, Bravo asked me to guest judge one time on Top Chef. And they both liked how I did, and neither net network seemed to care that I was doing judging on the, uh, the, the opposition. So right. I judged both those shows for a couple of years before Chopped came along. And the, the network had only seen me as a judge, so they didn't know whether I could carry a show. But I don't really have to carry it, because I've got three judges sitting next to me, and the stars of the show, Chopped, are the chefs themselves. So it really wasn't that hard. And, you know, people liked it. Right. People still like it. It's been on the air for 10 years. You get to be the straight man, which is fun, too. Yeah. That's fun, too. It's, uh, yeah. Because you have a great reasons. personality, because it's to be the straight man, you have to have you have to be a comedian first. You have to understand timing and comedy and people coming in at the right time. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, so much of what we do, you know, we shoot, it's about an 11 hour day and so much of that is left on the cutting room floor. So we have a lot of room within which to improvise and find, try to find the humor and they cut out the boring stuff. Right. And you end up with a, with a great product. Right. Uh, we're very proud of it. And it's, awesome. it's fun to do. That's and the awesome. only bad thing about it is that I have to stand up for the whole thing. And, <laughs> and Matias told me, like, get chairs. And I was like, no, we'll stand. It's fine. I'm sure. we're, we're, this is not going to be an 11-hour operation <laughs> today. So No one told you that oh. it was going to be? Oh, 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 oh okay. sorry about I'm that. I have to clear my calendar here. Well, I know you got places to go, but let's try a guava pastelito. Please. So you can accurately play our Kiss, Mary Kill game. OK. So we got guava in here. I like to tear right into them. Mmm. It's gonna be hard to kill one of these. The pastelito can be filled with savory things. Mm -hmm. Meat and chicken and everything else, so it has a cheat. A sweet croqueta is like a fried cheesecake. That'd be weird. Okay. Now, what does a guava fruit look like? It's kind of like a, like a lime green. Okay. And then it ripens to like a yellow. Inside, it's pink with filled with these little uh, tiny seeds that you can crunch, you can eat through. Okay. And it's, uh, and it's fragrant like a passion fruit. Mm -hmm. Okay. But without being as tart. Okay. So you, you put enough sugar in that and when, when you're cooking those down, and you have like that, it's a very specific flavor, right? It is very specific, uh, but it does have that floral quality that passion fruit has. And another, and an, that's an amazing arom aromatic Oh product. yeah, oh yeah. Um, so, Ted Allen, kiss, marry, kill. I'm gonna kiss the Cuban coffee. Oh yes. I'm gonna marry the, the uh, croqueta. Wow. And uh, I'm gonna reluctantly, only because I have to, kill I want to call it an empanada, but you're calling it a pastito? A pastelito. A pastelito. Like okay. pastel, but smaller, more diminutive, the pastelito. This is the stuff that's going to keep you alive. This is the stuff that's going to keep you awake. Right. And this is sort of the dessert. So All right. Okay. That's, that's how it goes with me. Ted, you've been fantastic to give us this amount of time, and I appreciate it. <laughs> Nina Compton. <laughs> Nice to see you. Yes, nice to be back. So for, the, for those of you who don't know, Nina Compton uh, is a recent James Beard Award winner in the South uh, for her restaurants in, uh, you obviously, Compare La Pan. Yes. And am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, yes you are. And, uh, <laughs> and you have a new restaurant in Louisiana. Yes, Bywater American Bistro. Bywater American Bistro. Yes. But Nina is a Miami girl because she got her start just up the street at Scarpetta. Yeah. Uh, she's good friends with Mike Parolo, yes. I read. Yes, oh my God, he's my bestie. Mike Parolo yeah. owns Machiolino, which is really one of the great little Italian places uh, on South Beach in Miami overall, but definitely on South Beach. And, uh, but you get back every now and then. Yes. So we wanted, uh, we wanted to welcome, welcome you back with the things that you would find at La Ventanita, which is Croqueta. Cuban coffee, <laughs> croquetas, and pastelito de guayaba. All right. Perfecto. And before it's over, I'm going to ask you to kiss, marry, kill. Oh. You gotta kiss oh one, my God. you gotta marry one, <laughs> and you gotta kill one. That's the game. I don't make up the rules, that's just the game. That's so, gonna be a tough one. Do you get back to Miami often? Uh, almost twice a year. Twice a year, yeah. okay. I come back for the festival almost every year. Okay. Um, and then I try and come back just for vacation, just to hang out. Okay. Yeah, lay what, on the beach. Okay, what was it like cutting your teeth in Miami? It was great. Cheers. Cheers. It was great because Miami is, it reminds me a lot of San Lucia, where I'm from. So you have the beach, the lifestyle, the food, um, but it was just an easy shift for me, right. you know. And it's when I first moved out, I was gonna spend a year. I ended up spending 14 years. So that that <laughs> says a lot. You just get stuck. Yeah, you know, Miami has a way of doing it, that. It, it does. It does. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very inviting. At least you didn't wake up from a haze under a yeah. bridge. And you're like, oh, 
14 years. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what being in Miami, like when you're from St. Lucia, mm -hmm. how that affected you cooking-wise, how that affected you as far as expressing yourself and everything else. Well, I think, you know, moving to Miami, I really wanted to submerge myself in the Caribbean culture mm -hmm. and the Latin culture as well. Um, so when I moved, I worked for Norman Van Aken. That oh, was, he doesn't know anything about uh, Caribbean <laughs> culture. <laughs> you know, I, I followed Norman, you know, before I even moved to Miami, and I said I, I need to work for him because he was doing things with yucca and conch and, and things that I grew up with and on a, on a different level that nobody was doing. And I said, I need to work for him and just understand his thought process on how to treat those ingredients. And I was, I, I thank him for what he's done. I mean, paving the way for me as a chef now um, and using those ingredients that I, I grew up with. Right. Yeah. And Norman Van Aken uh, is one of, the, one of the six chefs that we interviewed on La Ventanita. Yeah. And he talked about that a lot about, he's a kid from the Midwest who just kind of shows up and basically learned. He got stuck. He got stuck. <laughs> he got stuck. He went to Key West and that was that it. That was it, yeah. Right? The rest is history. Right. Um, what, did, what, did, um, what did you learn about dealing with some of those ingredients, like seeing those very Miami ingredients? Yucca, malanga, yeah. these, these root vegetables that you don't see in, you know, heck, well, sometimes you do see them in, in like New Orleans yes, area. Yes, yeah, yeah, you just, you do, you because do see Because of the, the African traditions mm -hmm. and the connection to Cuba over right. the decades. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how you've incorporated some of that in, like, how you've taken that to New Orleans, or? Well, you know, it's one of those things that it's respecting the tradition. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky that New Orleans, the people are very open-minded, so they will try anything, um, which makes my job much easier. Right. Um, and I think people just love that history lesson of cooking and, and the different influences of, you know, because New Orleans is, is like the Caribbean, it has French, Portuguese, um, Spanish, you know, everything is, is it's a big melting pot. So right. to introduce those things, it's very easy for me. Uh, I think you just like the party. Yeah. You left, you left South Beach and now she's in New yeah. Orleans. She just took the beads off. She was putting confetti yeah, out of her yeah, hair yeah. like five seconds off camera. It is Mardi Gras. It <laughs> it's is true. Mardi Gras. Yeah, Tuesday was just the other way. So no, no, yeah, it's... Um, or is it coming up? March 5th. March 5th. Yeah. All right, so we're coming up on yeah, it. Yeah, we're coming See? up. Yeah. All right, so shall we try some of these croquetas? Mm -hmm. And what do you feel like trying next? I think I'm gonna have a croquetta. Adelante. All right, I'm gonna try one too here. These are ham. You don't have any opposition to ham? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. So croquetas. Had you were you familiar with them before you were in Miami and you started messing with them? Yeah, we actually have we have a con croquette on the menu at Compare. Look at you. Yeah, so Look it's, at you. it's kind of like keeping those things, you know, fresh memories of having those in because it's. Something that's very Miami. Right. Having those croquetas and you know coffee and everything else. But the conch also very traditional to the Caribbean yeah. and your roots as well. Yes. Did you grow up eating conch? Yeah. So yeah. like cracking the conch. Cracking the conch. I mean, we have curried conch or stewed conch. It's it's, it's a thing. What about a pastelita? You interested in kind of uh, yes. trying a pastelita? You want to want me to tear one into one here? Yeah, let's share one. Okay. Yeah, because these are kind of big. The guava. Tell me about guava. Guava is, is a fruit that again is a very Caribbean, mm -hmm. very Florida kind of fruit. I grew up with guavas back home. And when it's guava season, mm. the perfume of the guavas in the air, it's yes, it's magical. And my mom would say, oh my God, I have guavas coming out of my ears. I don't know what to do with them. I'm making guava jam. I'm doing all these things. But it's like, you, you can do so many things with it. What a beautiful thing to walk in and just get that that smell it's, of guava it's, I everywhere. I mean, the entire island is just, it's this perfume. Like, you know it's guava season. Oh, Same thing wonderful. with mango season. Like you, you can just smell and see mangoes all over the island. Like, it's, it's right. crazy. Right around now in South Florida, they're in bloom. Mm -hmm. So and you're starting to be able to smell those yeah, mango yeah, flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have, a, we have a colleague who was born and raised in Florida who hates mangoes. Insult her right now, Connie Ogle. <laughs> Tell her something about why what? she's wrong. Are you crazy? What <laughs> are you what thinking? Saying. I'm always saying we're always saying that you she's gotta crazy. You gotta blindfold them. No, no, no. She's like completely no. against it. <laughs> but she had the wrong mango. She had, she had a, a stringy mango. She hasn't know? had the right, <laughs> right mango. mango. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in Miami for 24 hours, what are the things that you like have to do? Definitely have to go to the beach. Okay. That that's that's number one. All right. Um, Definitely make sure I get Cuban food. Okay. Definitely have to get like rice and beans, okay. platano, 
you know, that's I, I need to have that. Oh, right so on. So those, those are my things, and it's you can't get anywhere, but it's it's a time and place thing. Right. You know, like I, I'm in Miami, I have to have Cuban food. Right. It tastes better here. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's in yeah, its element. It, it, yeah, and it's it's not only the food, but it's also the people. Right. Like it's time and place where you have like people speaking Spanish. Like it's it just, you miss it. it. Yeah, you, it grounds you. You right. know what? It, it, it's just you know I, there's a, a Latin uh, store in New Orleans that I go to, and they're playing bachata, and everybody's happy, and everybody's singing. Like it's just it's just fun and festive. That's so you know? great. You know, and that's what when I come to Miami, I feel the same way. Tell me about that. Uh, you know, you're obviously you're making this way for yourself and really establishing yourself in, in New Orleans. Why was New Orleans a place for you that you felt like that's a that's my spot? You know, it's I, I was in Miami for so long, mm -hmm. and so I'm like, I'm like, maybe we should just go somewhere else and just see what what the world has to offer. And we got offered restaurants in New York, Chicago, LA, all over the place. And I'm like, do I want to deal with traffic in LA? And I'm like, no. Do I want to deal with the cold in New York? No. no. So a lot of these things just didn't really apply to me right. and when New Orleans came you know on, on the table I'm like New Orleans and I'm like this is too good to be true mm -hmm. and I always wanted to live there because it reminds me so much of you know home and the culture and everything else and when we moved I'm just like this is such a great jump for us right. because it, 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 ju it just felt right and people talk about New Orleans being a great food city for those people who have not been or don't or don't get it, why is New Orleans one of the great food cities? You know, it's not just the food, it's also the people. Okay, the people, Culture. The people make you at home and they're, they're, they want to share things, they want to share. I mean, you can go to New Orleans tomorrow and sit at a bar by yourself and you will leave with five friends right. because people, they, they engage. And without your wallet, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But they, they're, they're so engaging and they, they, want, they, they want to share everything with you. You know, when we first moved there, people were like, oh, we're doing a crawfish boil on Saturday. I'd love to have to come by. And I'm like, I don't even know you. Right. But that's just how people are because they want to share and invite you and have you just enjoy life with them. That's so which, great. Which I think is, is, is really special. That's really cool. Your mom, you, you mentioned that she was, you know, always like when the guava time, she was very aware of the seasons and yeah. cooking things. What role did she play in your in your in your interest in cooking? My mom, she was a baker. She loved to bake, bake cakes and do all these things. Um, but she loves to garden. Okay. You know, like she, we have a huge garden back home, and she, she, my, my what's dad. In, what's growing in the garden? Like what kind of things? I mean, does she everything. Like to grow? I mean, we have a bunch of herbs: thymes, rosemary, parsley. That's just the little garden of just herbs. Right. And then we have avocado. Uh, like five different types of mangoes, wow. guavas, limes, lemons, um, star fruit, passion fruits. I mean, it's just, every time I go home, I'm like, we don't need to go to the store. We can just go down and get, you know, pick two limes and do all these things. Like it's, I was spoiled. Right. I still, I'm still spoiled. Right. How did, how did you take the next step from growing up uh, with, you know, mom that is, loves to bake and everything else to then turning that into like, oh, I can make a career out of this. You know, it, it's, I think for me, it, what clicked for me was seeing, you know, when I started cooking for my family, seeing the joy it brought them. Right. And I'm like, well, if, if my family's happy, maybe I can make other people happy. And that was kind of the drive for me to become a chef, is cooking and creating and doing all these things and making people happy. Um, so do, you have a, do you have a specific example that you remember that where you cooked and you were like, wow, that was a win? Or... Well, I, it was actually Christmas holiday. I went back home. I was maybe 16, 17. Okay. And, um, where were you at the time? I was in England. Oh, you were in England. And okay. um, I came on holiday for Christmas. And I said, I'm like, okay, everybody relax. I'm going to cook. I'm going to make, you know, little like cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and all these things. And I had my niece and nephew pass the cocktails and doing all these things. And, oh, uh, you had like a whole I had, I, I, I had a whole thing. Everybody was enlisted. Everybody was like passing hors d'oeuvres and this and that. And I remember seeing how happy my family was, how everybody was having a good time and good conversation. And I remember being in the kitchen, like peeking around the door, like seeing everybody smiling and, and laughing and having a good time. And I said, I'm like, that was a moment for me that really 
turn everything around. You crystallized for you like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. What were you doing in England at the time? So 16 years old, 16, 17? Yeah, I went, to, we, we don't have um, the last two years of school in St. Lucia, so I had to go overseas. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, so you were, were you alone in, in England? Yeah, well, yeah, I was. 16 years old? 16, yeah, I was. You know, it, it's, it was exciting in the beginning, and then I kind of got lonely because I'm like, man, I'm like, I don't have family here. I don't know anybody. Right. Um, but Did people get your culture? Did people, was that harder to, to No, I with? kind of learned their culture very quickly okay. um, because it was something that was new, new to me, sure. something that was fresh. Um, all the stuff I didn't grow up with, there's no yuca, there's no guavas over there. I really indulged. Right. You know, the pastries and the cream. I, I think I gained like 15 pounds like, <laughs> just like in the first six months because I was just like uh, eating right. everything, you know? But That's great. Yeah. Where were you studying? I, I studied biology, uh, mathematics. Okay. Um, With the intent of doing, what were you thinking? At well, the I, I wanted to initially do agriculture. Okay. Um, that's something that's very big on the island. Sure. Um, and how did that affect what you do now, in other words, as far as just growing things? Do you grow things at home? Do you garden? Do you well, I mean, that was the thing because I grew up with that. Right. You know, with, with my parents' backyard, them being in the garden all the time, it's something that was just very natural for me. Sure. Um, and I think it made me appreciate where your, your food is coming from. You know, as, as a chef now, it, I want to know where my vegetables are coming from. Right. You know, I want to see the farmer. I want to know the source. Right. And I think that's important, you know, Especially for me, that's what I grew up with. Absolutely. So it's it's it just became second nature, of, um, not directly but indirectly. I still had a connection with with farming. Great, cool. Well, before you go, because I know you got places to go, yeah. like the beach. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna make you kiss, marry, kill. The coffee. I have to marry. You gotta marry. I the have coffee. to marry the coffee. All right. I can't blame <laughs> you at all. That coffee. I can't live without it. Yeah, I, right. I have to have it. Coffee is safe. Coffee is safe. I would say kiss the pastelito. Kiss the pastelito, yeah. right on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, it's, you can't you can say no to a pastelito. Right. But it's also the croquettas too. I mean, oh, what do you so do? I'm so, yeah. so the croquettas get the axe. So croquettas oh, get the axe. Oh, no. I know. But you know what? It's just a game. Yeah. <laughs> Nina, thank you so thank much you for so making much. the time, uh, for being on La Ventanita. And today we have Robert Irvine. <laughs> I didn't get the coffee. Where did my coffee oh, go? Man, no, we got you better coffee. You were drinking that American coffee out of a mug. We're going to hook you up with the Cuban coffee. Man. I love it. I, I lived here for a year. Oh, okay. I actually and drank Cuban coffee every morning. Is that how you got that big? Cuban coffee is the only way to get big, strong. <laughs> That's it. Done. Sold. Well, let's, I think the, the proper way to start a conversation about Cuban coffee is to have some. So would, may I pour you this some? This is, bit? I can't wait. All right, right on. And take that one. I'll Ooh. pour myself one here. Oh. That's the that's the oh. sweet that's the sweet nectar, isn't it? There's coffee and then there's fifth coffee. <laughs> it's the there's makes you want to cry. It's so good and so sweet. That I just I tier. just yeah, I just love Cuban coffee because it's so robust and it's so flavorful. When you get it in the morning, you're like, okay, here we go. Bounce around for the rest of the week. Pow! You get your mm. sugar, you get your caffeine. Love it. That's love it, it. Love it. Love it. Love you're it. You're wired. It's the liquid brown crack. <laughs> I love that. That's a great description of Cuban coffee. Oh. But you, you, uh, you're at the festival. Uh, tell me about the events that you're here for. We have a new distillery called Boardroom that I bought about a year ago. Okay. And all the money from the, the sales of that goes to our building homes for our military, the wounded soldiers and firefighters. So. Yeah, I love that, that you're involved with specifically charities that help veterans, that, that have an eye towards veterans and servicemen and women. Yeah. Um, you have a history in service. You were from. You're born in England. Yes. And you were in the in the in the Royal Navy the Royal at Navy. 15. Yes, I started Royal Navy at 15 and a half, actually. Yes. Which one of you guys, tough guys, is was in the Royal Navy at 15? No. No. You weren't. No. You this weren't, guy. Because I would have met you. No. But <laughs> I believe that that everybody should serve in some way, shape, or form. And I don't mean in a uniform, but serve in some to give others relief. So, uh, for me, joining the military, my dad was in the army, my brother was in the army, and I was different I went in the Navy. Uh, I'm sure they love that. Well, you know, there's a little rivalry there between, still to this day with my brother and I. Um, and he's out in the military after 20 years and I did uh, almost 15. Wow. And um, it was really interesting. You know, it, it gave me the building blocks for success in, in the kitchen, but also in business. 
You know, we spend 150 days a year on the road right now with the U.S. military. Wow. In fact, my team just came back from Greenland. We were there for 48 hours. The furthest base we have north, 700 miles by the uh, North Pole. Good Freezing Lord. cold. It was minus 30. Um, then we're in Guantanamo Bay, and in fact, in a couple more weeks, we'll be in Japan. Wow, you were in Gitmo. So, what was that experience like? I, I was, there, I was there, there 11 years ago. Really? When we were in the, in the height of all this um, bringing terrorists to the, the actual camp. So literally, I think two weeks ago, it was tore down. Camp X-Ray was actually tore down. Wow. Um, which is a long time. Yeah. So uh, and there was, the reason they kept it up was because the human rights violations that the prisoners were saying, well, the, the, dogs, the dog kennels had air conditioning and they didn't. Right. So it's literally just gone away. But it used to be a 90 degree bank left hard right. into the runway. There was um, a, because, because of Cuban airspace, <laughs> yep. you couldn't get into Cuban airspace. Nope. You kind of had to uh, and, and, it, and it's kind of funny because when you go on a boat, and that, that was our largest deep water port at one point, which is why we had big carriers and whatever there. Now there's a line of demarcation in the water that you can't go through. Which is kind of, or what it's, it's kind of funny, oh, um, but yeah, we've uh, we've got 5,500 troops down there. So, so yeah, so I mean, you have such a dedication to, to to those in service. Your your time in service some, was at some point spent on the culinary side, right? Yep, I Working started. I started then. as a cook. A, a, Junior assistant cook. I don't know <laughs> what you get. A junior assistant, assistant cook. cook. Yeah, yeah. What is that? What does the junior assistant cook do? I think I th everything. Peel, peel potatoes and, uh, and you know it was really kind of funny because that's where I started. Then I went on to the uh, the marine side and the special ops side and came back to food afterwards. So oh, because that's a normal transition. Kitchen, well, special no, ops. No, it's kind of it's kind <laughs> of interesting because you know I was cooking for for marines and and, and SEAL teams and, and things like that. Okay, uh, so. You know, oh, I bet you they appreciated that, right? When you guys are in like a, uh, where you have limited ingredients in an inaccessible area, one guy that can yeah. cook is the, is the... He's the god. He, he gets the gold star, man. He's the god. He's the god. He keeps the team together. Um, so yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun. I spent um, a lot of time pondering what's next. And that obviously came back into food. And the food scene has been very successful for me, not only from a TV show standpoint, but also from a, a, a business standpoint. Well, we have a hero's welcome because we have not just Cuban coffee, we have the three things you'll find at any good ventanita in Miami, which is croquetas and pastelito. And before you go, I want to get you to taste each one, and then we're going to play a game of kiss, marry, kill. You okay. kiss, marry, and kill one of them. So we're going to have to get you to try it. You want right. to try a croqueta? I'm doing that, yeah. All right, let's do it. We actually have something like this in England. Same kind of thing, but without the ham. What is right. left when you take the it, ham? It's out? a potato <laughs> dish, right? So, oh, okay. but, but you can you can add... Um, onions, sour cream, you can add, a, a, but it's always vegetables, it's never meat. Okay. So I love them. I could eat these all day. Well, I know you're quick moving on, so let's quickly move on to, uh, these are pastelitos de guayaba. They're guava-filled puff pastries that are very uh, unique to Latin America. These are particular to Cuban culture. Oh, these have cream cheese in them. Oh, nice. So cheers. So you got a little cream cheese, you got a little guava. It goes really well with the ham. You got sweet and salty. And you have a little bit of the cheese in and there. And by the way, I love, I love everything sweet and everything savory, so it's like my breakfast. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you to make the hard decision now because you're a, you're a military man and a military man makes decisions. Who do you kiss? Who do you marry? Who do you kill? I'm gonna marry this, I'm gonna kiss this, and I'm gonna kill this. Wow, <laughs> he's killing it that way. Chef, you know how to do it. We can Thanks. find interviews like, like this with the great Robert Irvine. Uh, you can find interviews with other chefs at miamiherald.com forward slash ventanita. That's V-E-N-T-A-N-I-T-A. -E you can also find them on iTunes. Now listen, go out, make somebody else's day. Do something good for somebody that you don't know. One good deed a day will do us country an amazing thing. Keep watching him because he's pretty awesome and keep watching this. And by the way, get the Miami Herald. What's up with you people? Yeah, Jeez. amen, amen. Come on. And we're lucky to be at the South Beach Food and Wine Festival talking with some of the great chefs. And today we have Scott Conan. Apparently the great chefs couldn't make it, so I came instead. <laughs> That's, you're stuck with me. And this guy, the first thing he does, he sees a cigar on the, on the altar, on our altar to Miami. Yeah. And he's like, can I have this cigar? Because I'm a TV special guy. And I'm, what am I, I going to say, no? I didn't say that. 
My ego may have said that, but not me. I <laughs> no, actually no, didn't no. say. No, I offered. I offered. But you're more than I, welcome. I, to I, have. I love. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pay a little homage to the the the, the altar that is all things Miami. Right so, on. Yeah. And you know, stuff. lots of props to you because you are, in a sense, uh, you understand Miami. You're a guy who's had a restaurant here. Yeah, ten uh, years Scarpetta, now. Ten years. Going on eleven. Try to open a yeah. restaurant for ten years. See how long that lasts. By the way, anybody, you can have it. Take it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> as long no, as you I, get the check. I love you. Yeah, can I have want, the restaurant. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> no, it's been. It, you know, I've had. I had an apartment here for about seventeen years. I okay. just sold it about a year and a half ago. So I've always spent a lot of time here. That's why you have such that's, nice outfits now, because you sold that apartment. I, no, I, I took a beating on that apartment. <laughs> I, have, I used to wear suits, and now, you know, now, now he's I'm in tracks, he's downgraded. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thanks for pointing it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we wanted to, to give you a little bit of taste of the window of the Cuban love coffee it. ventanita. So we got Cuban coffee, guava, pastelito, pastries, oh, love it. and we have croquetas. So love before it. we're done here, I'm going to ask you to play a little game of kiss Mary Kill. You have to, that's our G-rated version. Got it. But let's right. start with some coffee. Before, before, any, before any big decisions, I love it. We gotta have some coffee. That is, I like your style. I'm a big coffee drinker. I drink a lot of coffee. What's I'm what a, kind of coffee? Like what I'm is an espresso guy? So oh, so we're this is your wheelhouse. Black and bitter. That, oh, okay. It matches my personality. I would say. <laughs> but this is like rocket fuel. Look at this stuff. It it has it like viscous. Oh, that's a thing of beauty. That's a thing of beauty. Oh, so, yeah. Scott, you're yes. the you're uh, of the many things that you do on top of being a great restaurateur is that you are one of the best known judges on Chopped. Yeah. And we had Ted Allen here earlier. If you if you're nice. if you go to the Miami Herald food page, uh, we did a, a live with Ted Allen nice. earlier. Did, so, do you still have your wallet? Did you check? I watched my wallet with that guy. He, I keep my wallet in my front I pocket. Wallet, even more so. Edit <laughs> 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 that part out. <laughs> We're live, man. Everything is live. We're all live. Uh, Ted Allen, yeah. he's, he's, he's a great best. straight man, right? Oh, man, he's the best. I, I'll tell you, the best parts of Chopped are left on the edit floor. Because really? it is so, we have so much fun. And then, you know, when the cameras are on and we're really, like, you know, oh, quote-unquote working, we have to be professional. I'm speaking stern, through my voice and not and, my nose. And we have to, you know, we have to obviously, you know make sure that we're telling people what they do right and wrong with their food and how to evolve and be better on the ingredients. But when that, when, the, when it's downtime, man, it's, we have so much fun. Everybody's oh, messing around with each just, other. It's the best. It's That's the best. cool. Yeah. You know, we talked, uh, I was working at the Palm Beach Post. I'm the food editor of the Miami Herald now. But when I was working at the Palm Beach Post, you were coming up to a food festival. A number of years ago. A yeah. number of years ago. Yeah. And you told this great story that there was like almost a turning point in your life when you were in high school. You're, you almost became a plumber. I did. I, you yeah, were in technical school. Story. And it's funny because I despise physical labor. So it really <laughs> would have been a poor like, There's choice. There's no way this would have been. <laughs> it never would have worked You're out. the worst plumber ever. Yeah, but as I always say, I still like to wear my pants like that sometimes. <laughs> so we will not be getting a view of that because we're trying to keep a G-rated audience. High comedy. High comedy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I tempt you with some window what, food? What, some do, what do you got? Food? I'm not going to eat that. Because Listen, that looks like a little, Kiss America, a little. You got to, you got to at least taste it. Because I'm, I got to make right. you. Yeah, All come right. on. You're a All chop right. judge, man. I, Aside from onions, you eat everything, right? Well, I eat onions. You I just did, hate them. No, no, no. It, it, so there's a misconception. Okay. Can, All I, right. Let's I'm clear gonna use the This is my opportunity to clear to the make my case. All if right. That's okay. That's fine. So first of all, one thing that's probably that I don't like are unthoughtful cooks, right? So okay. the idea for me is that if you're cooking, you need to be a great cook. I think it's judged, the execution is judged on its thoughtfulness. Okay. And a very good chef, the most, the best chefs are the most thoughtful chefs, as far as I'm concerned. Now that's a personal take. And I don't hold that to my judgment, although when it's, when it's evident, I really, you know, I, that's when I praise, because I think thoughtfulness is really, it's, it's, a, it's a path to greatness, right? You can quote me on that. All right, we got yeah, That's you. a pretty good got one. You, man. Yeah. So, well, so onions and then so, thoughtful so chef. The, so the onion thing is, for me, an onion, if you're gonna, you can't just chop an onion and throw it on top of a salad and call that haute cuisine, right? Because that's not haute cuisine, right? But if you take that same onion and you slice it the right way and you soak it in water or you, or you put salt on it and let it sit and let it drain and draw some of that bitterness or you put it in vinegar and water or you put it in vinegar, water and salt. Do something a, to it. Do something to it I in order you. to soak out the bitterness. This is not a deli. Right. We're not talking about the standards of a deli. We're talking about thoughtful haute cuisine. 
right? And that's the opportunity. And I always think there's always an opportunity for betterment. That's why they're there, right? right. They come on for the feedback. Right. Nobody invites them. Right. right. Nobody says, they hey, come on to Chopped. We'll, we're was, dying to give you $10,000. They forced me to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't <laughs> like competition. I don't like how I get in competition. Oh, right? I, I, get can, really I couldn't like, imagine. Yeah, really? You get like that? I get like that. <laughs> You're I not do. like that? All right. I'm not like that already. No, no. Mm -hmm. I'm inherently nice. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a All croqueta, right. please. All right. All right. All right, so, so croqueta, these, oh, these are wow. something you came across in Miami. They, they make these here at the, ho at the hotel. So we got ham, Beautiful. fried. Look at that, that's how you know it's a good croqueta, right? When See it that? leaves your hands, yeah. shiny. A little, that little tactile lubrication kind of, right? <laughs> you just feel that between your fingers, that's when you know it's good, right? That's All right, good. so how did a kid from the Northeast learn to love croquetas? Because you were, because obviously Scarpetta is here at the Fountain Blue, mm. as it's been for ten years. How did you, how did a kid learn to appreciate that? So, in, like like most cuisines in the world, they always translate. Okay. To something else. So, in, in Italy, there's something very similar to a croquetta, which which is called a croquetta. Funny enough, <laughs> very similar. Yeah. And and so the fillings are different. There's always different things. But I think you know the potato filling with with some kind of pork product, be it speck or 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 pancetta or, or prosciutto or something like that. In Neapolitan, in Napoli, there's this thing called a gâteau, a potato gâteau. Okay. And what, what they'll do is they'll make kind of like this, this potato tort, right? With breadcrumbs and Parmesan cheese and all kinds of pork product on the interior. And it's very similar to a croquetta, but what they'll do is then fill that, take that gâteau, bread it and deep fry it. So it's, it's, it's basically the same stuff, right, right? Right, ultimately. So I think that, you know, I always say there's no better snapshot into a culture than through its cuisine, right? right? But a lot of these cuisines kind of translate into different, to different geographies, clearly. So that's how, and I also dated a lot of uh, Latinas when I was See, single. now, and uh, all of that, blah, 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 also I did. <laughs> Yes. That's, there we go. I had to edit out that <laughs> other part. Yeah. We're live, man. There's no editing. <laughs> There's no, There's no editing. editing. His career ends after oh. today. It's over. Anyway. But Nina Compton, okay, yeah. so we, earlier we had Nina Compton here. Talk about a thoughtful cook. A thoughtful cook. Very thoughtful. So she's a, a person from the islands who, like, has these island traditions, and yet you're asking her to do Italian food at your restaurant, and she was saying about what she learned there about simplicity. So yeah. Nina is a perfect example of a phenomenal leader, right? Look what she's done over the last few years. I mean, she's created a small empire for herself yeah. in, a, in a really food-centric city. So right. She's God, in New Orleans. God, God bless her. Yeah, you can yeah. see that in one of the other uh, interviews we did with her. She's in yeah. New Orleans. She has two restaurants, and she just won her first James Beard Award. There, something tells me there'll be more to come. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. I'm not worried about her. Yeah. There, there's things I worry about. Nina's not one of them. Nina's not one of them. <laughs> tell, so. me, tell me about, uh, as we crack open a pastelito yes. here, um, Tell me about uh, doing Chopped. You're now at, how long have you been doing Chopped? 11 now? years, so we're in our 11th year. Now. That's incredible, okay. That's yeah. incredible that you can do, so you got a restaurant going on 10 years, a TV career um, going on 11. That's, uh, you know, I what, did, why is I that? I did something right. Yeah, you know, yeah, the not going with plumbing. 98. Not going 2007, 2008. Not yeah. going into plumbing was definitely inspired. <laughs> but what, what, what is it about that show chop that people that you see that is really the thing that people keep coming back for well um that guava is delicious isn't it isn't oh, that great oh mm. so unctuous but it's so good um i you know the the best feedback that i get are from families where someone will come to me and they'll be with their kids or a grandparent will come to me with with their grandchildren and say as a family we gather around the television and we mm -hmm. all watch this and we pause it and we all talk about what we would make with those ingredients and then they press play and they see who's right see who's wrong and think you know who's going to get chopped and who isn't so it's become one of the last kind of bastions for family right there's not yeah. a lot left there's not a lot there's of things that you can left. sit around that everybody can watch that's right and that is it's kind of it's interesting on every level it's interesting to an adult it can be interesting to a kid yeah yeah my kids love the, the cooking shows they, they don't necessarily watch chopped no Chop Junior no, for your no, kids? No Chop Junior. They're not into but that? But they love the baking shows. The baking shows. I do a, a show called Best Baker in America, which we just wrapped another the season The baking up. shows are the... My kids are love the baking they, shows. And, and the talent of these bakers is unreal. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So my daughters, it's funny because they're six and nine. Okay. 
and they'll say, you know, they should have put a glaze on that. That needs a mirror glaze. That needs a mirror glaze. <laughs> I'm like, where did you learn this Mirror stuff? glaze? Oh, the, Jacques Torres talks about it on his show. You're like, how do you know Jacques Torres? Like, what is going on? It's <laughs> He's a TV star, dad. Yeah. I'm a TV star. <laughs> I'll say, you, I know Jacques Torres. He's a friend of mine. And they're like, you yeah, know right. Chef Jacques? Yeah, I know Chef Jacques. <laughs> what do you think? I'm a schmuck? No, Come no, on. no, no, no. It's so Never, funny. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're going to do for a living. Your kids are always going to no, think that you're like true. a, a jamoke. so true. <laughs> One of the things I love to do the most, I love to cook for them, which is yeah. obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a kick in the nether region when they don't eat something that you, they don't like something yeah. that you make. Like I love, Cuban picadillo is like a standard in my house yeah. where low on time, you know, yeah. picadillo, and like they just don't like it with the way that it's supposed to be, with raisins and olives. Don't put raisins in, I'm like, you're gonna take them out. Yeah. But I can't not cook it with yeah. the, it gives it a flavor, you're gonna, you can pick them out. You interesting. Know? No, and interesting it's, to hear the food writer talk about how you know how he has to adjust his recipes. Absolutely, right? absolutely. <laughs> He's not happy about it. No, That's I'm not. I'll, it's like kids are tougher than the customer. They're the ultimate customer. Yeah, they're the yeah. ultimate customer. So let me ask you, because uh, I know you got places to go. I'm gonna make you make the tough decision before you me. run off with my great cigar to kiss, marry, kill one of these items. One, okay, so we're kissing the croquette because it's the best. It's it's great. Okay. We're, we're, we're marrying the coffee because I'm a huge coffee fan, as I told you. Okay. I love it, and I'm killing the, uh, the pastry, the pastelito, and I'm and I'm taking the cigar. And you're taking I'm the cigar. Leaving the you're having an affair with the cigar. The cigar. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Bill Clinton joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Please don't make it. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna make. It. Scott Conan right of the now. show Chopped. He's in town for the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. Great to see you, man. As well. Jeremy Ford, uh, for the folks who don't know, uh, is not only is he the head chef at Stubborn Seed and the part owner of Stubborn Seed, but you have a couple new restaurants, aficionado. A lot coming, uh, yeah. A lot. He's yeah. about he's about to be the next big thing. If this guy, if this face looks familiar, it's because you saw him win Top Chef. He was the first guy from Miami yeah. to win yeah. Top Chef outright. We've had Nina Compton here. Uh, who was a finalist, yeah, but now yeah. you can hold that over her head. That's pretty messed up, but you can hold it over <laughs> her head. What's great is it's like it lasts forever. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's bragging like, rights for like life. Like being Mr. President. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. always president yeah, yeah. after that. Um, so Jeremy's great because not he's a Florida boy. He's a, he's a yeah, Jacksonville guy. Yep, yep. So tell me a little bit about that transition from Jacksonville to South Florida. Well, you got you your know, passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went from Jacksonville, though, and kind of went, dude, I went to, like, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Nice. Um, spent a year there, L.A. for four years, New York. Of course. Um, so, really, like, coming to Miami was out of L.A. to here. Um, and, I mean, it was it's kind of similar Very culture. Very transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just like, dude, Miami's a, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. That's why I've never left. Well, one of the things that makes Miami, Miami, that separates it from L.A., pal. Correct. Correct. The black... The black liqueur. You don't realize how much of this we go through in Dude, the kitchen. Tell me about you it. Don't, you don't have no idea. The chef here at the restaurant was saying they have a guy whose job it is every two hours to be brewing <laughs> coffee. So how is it? How is it at uh, at Stubborn Seed? You guys, you guys go through it pretty well. Well, we we get like this is a mini. You know what I mean? Compared to, I mean, how many of these have you had today? First, I am. I can see into the future. <laughs> okay, uh, that's what we're doing. That's a that's a stole, that's a joke stolen from Ralphie May, the late Ralphie May. But cheers, brother. Salud. Salud. Cheers. So Cuban coffee, what do you like mm. about it? You know, I actually ask for half sugar usually. And I know this it's is like, kind of like half sugar. The, yeah, 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 I was going to say it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because it, dude, it literally, like, if it's made, you know, typical, coats your mouth with sugar. It's right. like eating, like, sugar cane. Um, but, man, it's... You know, Thomas Keller, who we were talking to, uh, and it was one of the chefs we interviewed. We interviewed six of the world's best chefs for basically produced versions of this called La Ventanita. Uh, he was saying that he loved that, that thing about it, Cuban coffee in particular, how it just coats your tongue. Yeah. You know, like you get it and you're still savoring it, you know, a little while later, kind of yeah. maybe it's, keeps you going. It kinda, it's almost like when you're, when you're a kid and you, you have some new treat. Like when I moved to Miami, I was like, you know, I saw these little tiny cups. And I was like, what? I don't get it, you know? <laughs> and I remember, I remember the first one I had and I was like, dude, that's the best coffee I've ever had, right. you know? Tell me about growing up in Jacksonville. Like, uh, what, what your brothers and sisters, family? Tell me about what that life was like growing yeah, up. Yeah, Jacksonville is. Um, you were like, a, were you a barefoot fishing hole kid? Or no, no, I wasn't catching kid? catfish, by the, you know, with my arm in a hole or anything. Um, <laughs> I mean, my cousin was, but um, no. Jacksonville is like, it, it's not a food city, you know. 
Um, it's it's kind of it's it's evolved. Mm -hmm. But when I was a kid, there, I mean, I was like, I think my first job was at Hooters. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what? what I look back and I think that was one of my favorite jobs. What were you um, doing in, in the kitchen at Hooters? In the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing what? Oh, man, I can't I can't wait tables. <laughs> Hey, now you can. Now you can. Really? Yes, I believe. I believe that's a that's a rule. But you guys, I don't think that. you even have to wear the orange shorts. I think you can just, <laughs> just go on. No, but but so like, what are you doing in the kitchen? Like your first experience? Oh yeah, I mean, just tossing wings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it was so I basically went there um, to make money. Realized that I like had a passion for it and um, worked in some of the best spots there. But right. really, man, it just starts. From fried chicken, right? Like you're right. a kid and you're like, yes, I, I, craving, you know, it's like these. Create those things, you know? Right. Yeah, and before the day's over, I'm gonna ask you to play a game. We're gonna play a little game uh -oh. of we're gonna play a little game of kiss, marry, kill. I'm gonna have to between Cuban coffee, croquetas, and pastelitos. <laughs> you're gonna kiss, marry, and kill. So we're gonna get there. So fried food, let's you feeling like a croqueta? You wanna crack one open? Yeah, let's crack one open. Right, Come on. Do, all right, so croqueta. Cheers. Good. Another thing native to Miami. Yeah, I this never is saw one of those. those this West. is one of these things, it's funny because, I mean, obviously the mother croquetas in Spain, Jose Andres talked right. about that in one of our interviews, how he has these memories of his mom making them. Is there food that takes you back to your childhood that when you have it, it doesn't matter if it's not foody or whatever, that right. you, you have to have it, that it just like fills Fried a spot. Chicken, man. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it correlates with the concept I'm doing at Time Out, um, just because I love fried chicken, man. Okay. Um, we're actually serving some upstairs right now. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I should have brought you one. Oh, man. Oh, well, um, you, can, you can still yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's not too late. Yeah. Well, the timeout market, for those who don't know, there's a, it's a huge uh, market that's going in on South Beach where you're going to have some of the best local Miami chefs uh, doing a different version of what they are known for yep. in there. So you're doing fried chicken. Yeah, man. It was Who's like, fried chicken? It was it. How long did it take to get that recipe? Um, well, I'm doing it Korean style. Oh, look at you. So, because okay. I love spice, man. Like, you okay. know, what I mean, I, I cook with a lot of spice, heat, and everything, you know. Right. Um, so I started thinking, I'm like, what's the most craveable fried chicken I've ever had? Cool. And it's always that umami fried chicken that's like Korean style with goji chang paste and all those like deep um, kind of bold flavors. So I was like, I want to take the southern style of you know the flour guy, and then just use the flavors of Korean. Right. You're, you're a guy that folks who don't know, uh, Jean-Georges Von Gericht, and you were, uh, you were uh, an understudy of his and, and yeah. ran his, uh, his Matador room here. Yep. You, know? you know JG was a stubborn seed last night playing guitar at 3 in the morning? No, no, playing guitar? I'll show oh, you. I'll show yes. you. Oh, we're going to get a video of that. If we, we will share it with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, he, he came by last night and uh, we jammed out. Yeah, but... Um, Is he a classical guitar guy? He actually, guitar? he actually came up to me. I was playing. And Yo, he's you're like, playing he's like, what? I play electric. I play metal. Like Look at you. Old 80s, like <laughs> Eddie Van Halen stuff, you know? Oh, is that right? Yeah. You got yeah. the fingering down? Can you do oh, that? Oh, yeah. Dude, I do the double taps. Oh, look at you. Um, so, but he's like, yo, give me the guitar. And I was like, all right, here you go. And he's like, he has no idea what he's doing. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> he just destroyed it. <laughs> Tell me about that. Did you grow up? Were you in a band or anything growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that. with um, a band that went huge, actually. Come on. Yeah. Are you, um, are you the fifth member of Nickelback? Yeah, I know, right? I <laughs> <laughs> just messed with no, actually, I actually was missing band practice because I was cooking. And really? I got booted out. And you got kicked out of the band yeah. because you spent too much yeah. time cooking. Who's they the band like that's big now? Can you Shine say? Down. Shine Down. Oh yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. All right. Great rock band. Dude, that's great. Um, Are there YouTube videos of Shine Down and clubs with you in the um, playing electric no, we, guitar? We were named something different before, so then they changed it and then went double you. platinum or whatever they've been now. What was it called then? Nefarian. So you were spending too much time cooking. What were you yeah. cooking that kept you that, that you were? Well, that was kind of when I went into nicer restaurants okay. in in Jacksonville, and I was like, you know, band practice was Friday night, and that's like, you know, that's Friday nights one of the busiest nights of the restaurant. Right. So like, if you miss another practice, you're out. Dude. And I was like, yeah. But you, Gotta, I chose the sword, man. Uh, you know? Yeah, but but it's funny because you became a rock star in a whole other right line. I mean, you, hey, be, man. you got on TV. Yeah. TV yeah. being the, the, yeah. the kingmaker. Yeah. yeah. So it's been, I can't complain, but I remember like walking out of a restaurant in um, Nashville and there was like a huge auditorium and I heard him playing and I was like, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, happy for him. I'm like, that, that also it. sucks. Yeah. Have you, did you ever, have you ever kept in touch with any of those guys over the years? No, or anything man, else? no, no, no. I, I saw them uh, in LA when I was out there and I was like, dude, I'm so proud of you guys. That's very and cool. I was like, yeah, That's very cool. <laughs> well, to break that mood, do you want to try a pastelito? Because this is the, this is the, the other thing you find. Did you make this thing? The, the staff here made them. Did yeah. I make them? Can you, dude, you I cook? write, I cook. 
but I this is first of all pastry is like a whole other yeah me too like me you too have a, you have an amazing pastry chef yes Dallas uh, Dallas Wynn who's fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and she is really she was a, a student of Hetty Goldsmith yeah that's right yeah, Hetty yeah, Goldsmith yeah. who's a who's a James Beard Award nominated mm. pastry chef in Miami and these were made here these were made in the hotel they were Love nice enough so we didn't have to run you out you cook huh I do cook you cook these I cook, guys I don't cook these I I cook uh, I do vaca frita, uh, you know, uh, I do fried chicken. Uh, really? I do, I do. Do we my, have a little cook-off then? Dude, not with you, come on, man. That's like, that's like playing basketball with Jordan. I'm not gonna cook off with you, but I'll get in the cage. I can, I can, yeah, yeah, I can burn myself like, with the best of them. <laughs> I can cut myself with the best of them. Is there a food that like you cook for your mm. kids? Cause you have two? Yeah, Is there a food that girls. you cook for your kids that, that they're like, this is not foodie at all, um, but, but this is what they love? They actually don't like fancy food. Of course. They like because they're kids. Yeah, they like ribs. They like Flanagan's ribs. Oh yeah. Oh, cheers. Flanagan's ribs. Cheers. <laughs> Flanagan's is, is this people, South Florida? People just don't know. No, Flanagan's is a South Florida started chain. They got about 23, but it started in Hialeah. That's how you know it was good. Really? Because it started as that. a liquor store in Hialeah with a bar that lit with a lounge that opened next door later. And that became the rib rolls? Flanagan's, and that became rib rolls. And like their ribs Things are, are like ridiculous. They're good, man. Ridiculous. So they like Flanagan's ribs. I mean, what do they like that you make? So do I. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, like, like for me, like when, when you make fancy, like nice food, it's so weird. When you leave that for seven hours, right, of service or whatever, right. you're like, I want a burger. You <laughs> want something so simple because you're right. just so, everything is so intense. You just want something so simple. Right. Um, There's a place called in, in Winwood called the I think it's called the Bar Next Door. It used to be there. And Brad Kilgore, who's like you, he yeah, does Brad's very great. refined, beautiful food. James Beard nominated as well. Uh, when he's done with making that kind of food, he goes and he grabs a burger. Right? Yeah, know, he used to grab exactly. a burger. Exactly. So you're like that. You, yeah. you want to? I think that's kind of the like right. consensus. Like that's what we like to eat. Right. Like this is work, and then this is just this is. Yeah, we, I mean, we cook a lot of healthy stuff at home. I have a huge garden. Um, and they like vegetable all that stuff. forward. Tell, Very. Me, tell me about that. You, yeah, man. Because that's like, a, it's a trend, but it's also something you grew up with too. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, fresh, yeah. Fresh vegetables being part of everything yeah. that you eat. Dude, our signature dish is the celery root, which right is on. like, it's crazy because most people have even, never even had celery root before. Um, and then they're like, that's my favorite dish. Wow. And I'm like, and we can't take it off now. Now it's like a thing in the neighborhood that people are like, I want to come by for the celery root. So it's kind of cool. Um, focusing a dish on, you know, being centralized around a vegetable. Right. You know what I mean? Like, for me, like, creating a star and then it's a vegetable and there's meat around it, it's, that's a win. All right, so we have a very critical decision here to make. We have croquetas, we have Cuban coffee, we have pastelitos. At the, I'm going to make you kiss, marry, kill. <sighs> Man. Kiss. Kiss the pastelito, okay. Mary. Wow. Yeah. You gotta kill the croquetas. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's gotta. Somebody's gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> you made. You made me choose. I did. I did. It's. A, you can put yeah. it on me. I'm the executioner. <laughs> Jeremy Ford. Thank you for this uh, restaurant is is uh, Stubborn Seed. It's here on South Beach. Uh, it's been acclaimed uh, not just locally but beyond, and he's here at the South Beach Food and Wine Festival. got one of Miami's great chefs, Oof. Mike Beltran, whose restaurant Ariette has been featured in the New York Times, yep. uh, has been certainly featured in the Miami Herald for a bunch of the really interesting food that they make, the fusion of Cuban and American, you call it New Cuban, New yeah. Cuban American. That's good. And uh, so Mike, thanks for coming, hanging out for a little bit. Thanks, thanks for having me right. so we could swap stories. But first, coffee yes as please the goes. yeah so a little Cuban coffee obviously you get to the window you can almost you almost can't go to the window without having coffee first right well That's a rule. I mean this is probably my fifth coffee of the day considering I already started at a window like at 7 30 this morning so you're halfway I'm halfway through my day but I mean it also depends because I'm, I'm a little different I like my coffee without sugar so it's always like a hard curveball show them the tat show yeah yeah yeah. The, the tat says, sin azúcar. Right, so this is Without a curveball, but all the, the people at Ventanillas are always like, are you sure? No sugar? Because that's very weird for Cubans. It's a lot, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. A little Cuban coffee, and then we're going to dig into some, to some of the background of Mike. Now, Mike is really interesting because his restaurant at the Co in Coconut Grove is now three years old. Three years. And in three years, it's kind of like three years is the point where, like, number one, if you make it that long, it's because you figured out your thing. Yeah. Now you were, and your thing is like really incorporating your roots. So yeah. you grew up in Miami. So tell me about yeah. 
that part. And not, not Miami like South Beach, glitz, and thongs. No, no. Miami Real like. Miami. Right. Like Guarapero. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and Manicero. And Manicero, yeah, the, peanut, the peanut man. Yeah. Growing up at Ventanillas and just like drinking coffee. I mean, cafetera, tortilla, like just all that very cute tostada. It's like what excites me the most. Really nice food like foie gras and things like that excite me. But what excites me the most and what really makes me feel enamored with food is like that home touch. So all of this, croquetas, empanadas, pastelitos, um, flan, treleche, like that stuff to me, it's like how do we, how can we elevate that? And that's a big part of kind of the growth of Ariette was, you know, not being scared of who you are, or where you come from, embracing that, but doing it in a vastly different way. Right. So like, you know, the flan is always a good example. The candy cap mushroom flan, people are always like, you know, no, because it's mushrooms and flan, but then I'm gonna they say, try. I'm going to take a step back here first, because this fusion of flavors. So you worked with Norman Van Aken, yes. who is like, who we heard from a couple of the other interviews, if you can check out on Miami Herald Food and another Herald podcast with uh, Nina Compton. Nina Compton was saying that she wanted to learn from him and yeah. how he took this very Caribbean ingredient and then added these higher, uh, more intricate techniques to bring something right. different to it. Well, and you did that with mushroom flan, which you mentioned. He uses these incredible candy cap mushrooms yeah. that when you rip open the bag, like they're just freeze dried, there's this incredible aroma of, of maple syrup. Yeah, maple and syrup and earth. And maple syrup and earth. So tell, tell that story, because I love that story about how you- How I found it? How you found it. Yeah, I mean, I was in California like six years ago and a friend of mine was the GM of a, a restaurant right across from the ferry building. And we ate and the food was good. And he was like, you know, you need to try this dessert. And I'm just like, okay. So, cause I, you know, and I'm a sucker for an ice cream sandwich. So he brings an ice cream sandwich. I'm like, cool, an ice cream sandwich. Right. I love ice cream sandwiches. Down to earth. And then I eat it and I'm like, why do I like this so much? What is so good about this ice cream sandwich? It's like really kind of like earthy, maple syrupy, like what is it? So then he brings out the mushrooms and I'm like, Get out of here. Get out of here with these mushrooms. What is this? And he just starts going into it. And then the chef came and he talked to me a little bit about it and it just kind of blew my mind. And you know, you fast forward um, four years when I opened Ariette, I said, we're not gonna do flan. You, were, you had a, no, you said we will never have a flan on the menu. Why do you have to menu? bring that up? Because people <laughs> Because want why? It. Because why? Because it's true. Why? Because it's just, it's kind of a layup and everyone does it. A layup. You know, and, and in Miami, you could find a flan in every corner. So. Why compete against the people that have been making flan for 40 years? And that was my thought process. But I was reading a book one day and, and candy cat mushrooms came back up and I'm like, man. What book? Uh, Matt Jennings' homegrown book. Okay. And he does an ice cream sandwich okay. or ice cream with it. And I'm like, you know, I really loved this. How can I incorporate this? And then that's kind of where the flan came from. And for some strange reason, it makes me think of sambuca and coffee. So it's a sambuca creme on top of the coffee crumble. Delicious. Yeah, yeah. Well, right in that vein. So let's. I'm gonna make you play a little game of kiss, marry, kill. This okay. This is a G-rated version. You, of, of these, of the coffee, croquetas, and pastelitos, which you have today, the signature of La Ventanita. Mm -hmm. So let's try, what do you wanna try, croquetas, or you wanna go to sweet? I mean, I'm gonna have, I haven't had a croqueta today. Oh, well that's like, that's, that's like not brushing your teeth or right, having your vitamins. Right, I haven't had cereal, it's like the same thing, right? <laughs> right. So, okay. Let's see. Okay, yeah. So let's see, what do we got here? We got ham croquetas, uh -huh. is what it should be, so. Traditional ham. Right. So, uh, a ham for a croqueta, explain to the people, the people who don't know, why does a croqueta give Miami life? That's interesting. It's like, when you have coffee and a croqueta and pastelito, it's kind of like signifying the beginning of your day. So every time I eat a croqueta, it doesn't matter the time of day, I love them, but a croqueta is kind of the version of sausage and gravy for, um, for Cubans. I got you, that, that totally makes sense. Because of like the bechamel and the ham and you know, like you think sausage and you have the creamy bechamel and sauce. And I always felt like the croqueta is our version, just compact and ready to go. Right, so we're not sitting down. Go. We're we're going. <laughs> That's right? such a Cuban thing. Right, right, like that, and the, and the coffee being in a shot. Right, a bite, a bite. I eat. drink it out of the cup. Right, I do. Oh, but see, but you're a special kind of crazy. <laughs> All right, how about a pastelito? You wanna you wanna try a pastelito? We can try. Yeah. Right. 
This is guava. Share one with me. Yeah, let's share. This is guava and cream cheese. Yeah. This is basically a puff pastry filled with a guava marmalade and a cream and a cream cheese, a version of some kind of cream cheese usually. Mm -hmm. So, why is this? Why is this such a Miami thing? The flavor profile is very Miami. The yes. Gallo Azul. Growing up eating the like the gouda with the guayaba like pate. Yes. You know, like yeah, so you have a, this is like a, a timba. Cubans call it a timba, yeah. which is like a. Uh, a guava, what do you call it? Is it a marmalade? It's, it's like, like a, a guava pate is what I call it. Yes, it's, like, it's like a stick. Brick. It's a brick of a guava brick of paste. Guava. Yeah. And, and you sugar. eat it and you eat it with uh, he was talking about gallo azul, which is like a, a yellow gouda yeah. that comes in a red wax ball. There's nothing fancy about it. Nothing. At all. But it's that first introduction as a kid, right? Of not just sweet, sweet and salty. But it, it, it's like very cyclical life, right? Because right. my grandmother, in her late eighties, she sits here, she has dinner and she'll sit there with the gouda and the wayaba and watch TV and that's like you do it as a baby and you do it as you know right, you an come older in and you person. go out and yeah right, you're going, it's in the your same life. way it's the same circle way. man we're feasting on this food but you are a guy who who has an interesting relationship to food because you lost something like 140 pounds 146 146 you were a football player at mm -hmm. Columbus High School here in Miami yes and yes. uh, you played in some small college, mm -hmm. and then in the last two years, yeah. you really just, something changed in your life. Yeah, I mean, um, there's an incredible article that Joe Beef wrote just recently, in the last couple of days, and it really talks about like, you know, we, we can eat and drink like Vikings. Yeah. You know, and we, we can- We chefs. Yeah, we chefs. And it's like part of our nature, and it's just, it's very normal, but as you, as you grow up and you realize, you know, like, I'm responsible for this restaurant and a new one and another new one, your responsibility changes and you need to change with the time. So, you know, I made a decision a couple years ago to quit drinking and um, lead a healthier lifestyle. And yeah, I mean, I love this. This is, there's, I will never leave this. Right. But you know, it's easy to not drink and it's easy to make better choices even as chefs, because it's kind of like very easy to fit in that box and you know, say, okay, that's just what we're supposed to do. But that's just what people want to make you believe we do. And it's really not like that. I've sat in rooms with chefs that are tattooed from head to toe, and they could talk business with some of the best in the world. And I think it's, it's better for us to have that understanding than to say, hey, like, that's, that's just who we are, because it's not. Right. And I think once I accepted that, you know, I said, okay, I needed to make a change. I made that change. You have this uh, this great restaurant in, in uh, Coconut Grove, Ariette. Mm -hmm. We're also opening two more. Yeah. There's one that I'm particularly interested in. You're doing a Cuban diner. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, a, it's the it's the most Miami 2019 that you could do, which is a <laughs> diner, but with like a, a Cuban and a diner fused. Yeah. Um, tell it's, me about that and tell me about the other restaurant. It's super exciting, this diner. It, to me, Ariette is like, it's like my baby and I love it. and. To me, it's like when I was coming up, I, want, I wanted to serve that kind of food, and I still do. I love it every day. But there's a part of me that's very much connected to white rice, black beans, you know, masita de puerco, and stuff like that. Right. So, but there's also a part of me that grew up in Virginia. I, I was there for five years, and playing I football. learned, yeah, playing football, and I learned to love like Brunswick stew and grits and sausage gravy and biscuits and apple jelly and all that stuff. So, why not combine them both? Cuban food at its core and just like, you know, diner food is very comforting. And it's supposed to be readily available all the time. It's supposed to be affordable and it's supposed to be like very loving. So this diner is really that approach. You know, we're gonna do like grits with rau encendido. We're gonna do, you oxtail know. Oxtail and grits. Like yeah, that. oxtail yeah. and grits. We're gonna do like uh, pork milanese with pork chop and we're gonna serve it with white rice and black beans and the black beans are my grandmother's recipe. And, awesome. You know, we're going to be sourcing the black beans from Rancho Gordo, which is like my favorite black bean in the world. And where's that? Just it's in California. Okay. And it's just, I mean, it's awesome. So, you know, we're going to do our riff on pango lechon. You know, that's one of those tough ones because everyone does pango lechon, right? Right. And you know, we don't want to just do pango. We're going to do our version. Okay. And you know, we're going to do medianoche with duck, and it's going to be our version. You know, and it's, it's just going to be, for me, it's kind of like a further return to roots. Right. You know, serving things with maduros or serving white rice with a banana, because that's so that's Miami. Where, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. What are you talking about? Right. That's just how you eat it. Yeah, and, and um, for our other restaurant, 
I was lucky enough to partner up with a great friend and super talented chef, Justin Flitt. Who owned Proof. Who if owned you ever Proof? saw Proof down yeah. in, in Winwood. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, not Winwood. Uh, it's the Midtown. In the Midtown area. You, you and guys partnered up and have yeah. been working on a couple things together. There's a Proof burger on the menu every Wednesday. Yeah, and that's, we, we, that's we're doing a pop-up uh, behind Taurus where you can get Proof Pizza and a couple of the apps uh, five days a week. And then we're, we do his burger, which is like lights out burger every Wednesday and we only serve 55 and we sell them before we open. Bam. Yeah. And when do the new places open? The new so the first. diner is shooting for the end of March. End of March? Yeah. Put it on your calendars? Yeah. And then um, Nave with Justin is shooting for four months from now. Okay. So. All right. Well, I know you got places to go. So the question of the moment, kiss, marry, This kill. is easy. This easy. is super easy, easy for easy. me. Oh, super okay. easy. All right. We're going to marry coffee. For sure. You always marry you coffee. always marry. Yeah. No, this is the one you take home. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to kiss the pastelito. Wow. Reason being, because it's got both sweet and savory application. That is, that is an inspired point. And then, uh, Reluctantly. This, <laughs> the, the croqueta, as much as I, I love it to death, it's, I'm going to have to let her go. Right. Yeah. Well, that you've made your choice. Now you're going <laughs> to live with them. Yeah. Mike Beltran, Thanks, Ariette, thank you for making the time. Pleasure. Hope you've got some coffee left, because we've got more for you. You can watch videos of the chefs and read about their lives at our website. Go to MiamiHerald.com forward slash Ventanita. That's V-E-N-T-A-N-I-T-A. And while you're there, please consider subscribing to the Miami Herald for more of our James Beard Award-winning food coverage. This episode of La Ventanita was produced by Matias Ochner, Amy Reyes, and me at the Miami Herald. Special thanks to Christine DiMattei and WLRN Studios in South Florida, and to the Lowe's Miami Beach Hotel for hosting us. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can reach me directly at cfrias at miamiherald.com. I'm Carlos Frias. Thanks for listening.